Welcome to the Nach Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Over the weekend, we progressed through Prakim Yud Aleph, Yud Bet, and then today we're up to Yud Gimel. And by right, I should continue today by discussing Yud Gimel with a little recap of Prakim Yud Aleph and Yud Bet, but rules are made to be broken, and I just cannot jump over Parag Yud Aleph. It is so important, and it is so brilliantly crafted. And so I'm actually going to spend uh, the time that we have today focusing on Parak Yud Aleph. I hope you'll indulge me. Let me begin by running through the narrative. We learn that Nachash, the king of Ammon, is threatening the people of Yavish Gilad, Yavish Gilad being on the eastern bank of the Jordan River. And the people of Yavish Gilad, they seek a treaty with Nachash, who says, sure, I'm a reasonable enough guy. We can have a treaty. All you have to do is mutilate yourself. Gouge out. Every male has to gouge out one of his eyes, and then we'll have a treaty. So, of course, the people of Yavish Gilad are not so happy with those terms, and they run to Shaul for help. Shaul rallies the nation to go and fight together with Shmuel against Nachash, and they are very successful, utterly destroy Nachash and his army. And then the people kind of throw their popular support behind Shaul. They say, whoever was a naysayer about Shaul before, whoever said, oh, this guy's going to rule over us, those people should get put to death. And then Shaul magnanimously says, no one's going to get put to death today. This victory belongs to Hashem. All is right in the world. And then Shmuel says, let's go gather in Gilgal to establish the kingship in another uh, important ceremony, which we'll discuss in further detail in the coming days. This success of Shaul is, uh, is remarkable, and it's so important, but it can only be appreciated if you recognize another story that is hovering in the background, another story that is obviously being evoked through the language and many details in this, in this narrative here in Shmuel. And I think that if we, if we kind of pull out those elements, highlight them, you'll see just how consequential, just how important and how great this perek is and, and this, this moment in Shaul's career is. And the, the parallels between this story and the one that I'm saying is, is hovering in the background becomes most clearly uh, visible in one act, and then everything else will, will, will fall into place. Let me, let me explain what I mean. The messengers of Yavish Gilad come to Shaul and they tell him that they're being threatened and that they're, they're facing humiliation and, uh, and they're, they, they need help. How does Shaul react? He's overcome by the spirit of Hashem and he cuts up two oxen and he sends them the pieces of these oxen all around Israel and basically says, whoever doesn't join the fight against Nachash, this is what's going to happen to their oxen. So it's a kind of a threat, but it's meant to jolt the nation into action. And it works. It works beautifully. Now, where have we seen this before? And I'm going to put in a little content warning here. This, this next little bit will not be for the faint of heart or the young. So just you've been warned. When have we seen this act before? We saw it in the context of Pelagish Begiva at the end of Sefer Shoftim. Recall that the people of Binyamin defile a particular Levi's concubine and ultimately kill her. And in response, this Levi uh, cuts up the concubine and sends limbs to uh, all the people, all the tribes of Israel in order to galvanize support 
and, uh, and to galvanize a response against Binyamin, to punish Binyamin for this lawlessness, for this immorality. And ultimately, this leads to this great civil war, which is uh, a huge travesty. So in both cases, we have someone cutting up something, an, an, a person, an animal, to try to galvanize the nation into some unified uh, effort. Once we see this glaring connection, the many connections between these stories begins to light up, and I'll highlight just a few of them. Firstly, who was being threatened here in our story, here in Sefer Shmuel? It was the people of Yavish Gilad. Yavish Gilad features prominently in the story of Pilegesh Begiva. They were the quote-unquote selfish people who didn't join in this civil war against Binyamin. And then when the rest of the nation realized that they had gone too far, that they had decimated Binyamin and they had vowed not to allow their daughters to marry into Binyamin, so they realized that this tribe faced extinction. So what did they do? They went to Yavesh Gilad, these people who did not join forces and uh, did not create a similar vow and limitation upon themselves. And so they, they, what they did was they killed everyone in Yavesh Gilad and they took the virgin daughters from this place and they brought them to Binyamin in order for Binyamin to have someone to, uh, to marry uh, together with. It's all pretty terrible, but, but now let's kind of put the pieces together, okay, with all that background. What happens? The people of Yavesh Gilad are now threatened by Nachash. Who is going to come to their aid? They didn't join the nation in the last battle, uh, or the battle that took place some time ago, against Binyamin. So they're going to call for help from Yehuda. Yehuda's going to say, where were you when we were fighting against Binyamin? Where were you when we needed you? Now you, now you want my help? So there's bad blood here. There's a burnt bridge. And, and the people of Yavish Gilad are without help. They have, however, one natural ally. And that is Shevet Binyamin. And that's precisely where they go. They go to Shevet Binyamin. And we're told in this parak that the people of Binyamin, not just Shaul, the people of Binyamin are sympathetic to the people of Yavish Gilad. And Shaul now takes up their cause. However, there's a great challenge in front of Shaul. Shaul wants to galvanize, to, to get everyone uh, you know, in, in line to protect the people of Yavesh Gilad. That's going to be very hard because he's going to face the same, the same response. He tells the people of Yehuda, come and help, help us fight for Yavesh Gilad. They'll still say, where was Yavesh Gilad when we needed them? And yet, Shaul is successful. He's successful in the face of of this great challenge. And, and how does he get the people to buy in? How does he get the people to come to the aid of the people of Yavesh Gilad? By invoking specifically the situation of Pilagesh Begiva. He chops up the, these oxen to try to tell the people, look, here is your chance to unite and to redeem yourselves. Last time the Bnei Yisrael united to fight Binyamin, and, and the, the language of the Psukim is the same as well. It says that all the nations, back in Shoftim, it says that they united Ke'ish Echad as one man to fight against Binyamin. And now we have that same language that the nation unites Ke'ish Echad, but this time it's not to fight internally. It's not a civil war, but it's now for a moral cause to defend uh, their, their brethren against an external foe. And it's, it's to defend their, their brethren who are kind of marginal for all the reasons that I said, plus they're on the, the eastern bank of the, of the Jordan. So there are all sorts of reasons why people could have said no, and yet Shaul succeeds in galvanizing the nation at this moment, bringing them together to fight this very moral cause, this very moral battle. And for all of those reasons, this is such a monumental, redemptive moment uh, in Tanakh, such an important and redemptive moment where we, we take the Pelagish Begiva story and now we turn it, we turn it upside down. And we're able 
uh, to have this, this great kind of reckoning with our past and, and do the right thing. And of course, in the context of Pilegesh Begiva, the, uh, the refrain of Sefer Shoftim was, at that time, there was no king. And so the, the implicit argument being made there is that a king could rectify this. And indeed, now, now in Sefer Shaul, there is a king. And indeed, things have been rectified. Very, very powerful. That's why I simply could not skip it. Thank you for indulging me. That's it for today. Chazak ve'ematz and happy learning.